This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. On this week's show, Spider-Man No Way Home crosses a billion already. Peter Dinklage blames the fans for Game of Thrones Season 8. And we are going to review Hawkeye and No Way Home. there everyone um joining adam and myself today we have a very special guest our good friend nicole is back with us to talk um to be here for the whole whole show and we're going to review some marvel stuff and she is a huge marvel fan so nicole anything anything you want to say so all right right now at this point i'm excited to be here i love hanging out with you guys and talking marvel so i'm excited we're glad to have you yep we're glad to have you except this time i'm excited because officially I'm no longer an honorary Red Fiver. Now I'm officially a Red Five. An official so. host from yep. our our friends over at the at the Rogue One Radio Show, which is live mm-hmm. on Tuesday mm-hmm. nights at eight Eastern. Am I right? Or seven? Yeah. yeah, eight Eastern. Yeah. Yeah. Something in there. Yeah. Oh, it's cool. it's awesome to be back. We'll have to have you all on one week sometime soon. Would you like me to help you help y'all out? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You <laughs> tripping you over myself out? already. <laughs> Hey, around here, Adam, we say yins. yins. That's what we say around these parts. Yeah, yins. Okay. <laughs> We're in the, the Pittsburghese area here. Yeah. Um, but this is episode 110, and at this point in the show, we, we give our recommendations to you out there listening, just so you know what there is that's good to watch um, if you're bored at home. You know, maybe you're on some kind of break right now. Maybe you're not, but um, Adam. What do you got for us? I'll, I'm going to actually take this time right now to show off a few things <laughs> that I got. All right. Show and tell. Yeah. So I'm going to move it's my a new mic segment. up a little bit. I'm not going to show all of these things because four of them are kind of roughly the same. But my wife got me a couple books for Christmas that I wanted to show off. One is this nice Hobbit edition, which is a woven mm-hmm. woven cover, beautiful book with gold leaf on the front there. And then it's also illustrated. Uh, illustrations by Jemima Catlin, uh, which, yeah, it's got some really, really nice stuff in there. There's, uh, some hobbits and stuck in the tree. So very excited to get into that at some point soon. That's a gorgeous edition of the Hobbit. I was, I saw it on Amazon. I was like, that looks pretty cool. Getting the thing in person, though, was a completely different thing. It looks so and feels so good. Um, you know, just that hard cover with the woven fabric on top. Oh, such a nice book. Um, but then m- sticking with that illustration theme, my wife also got me uh, years one through four of the Harry Potter illustrated editions. Excellent. Uh, so I've got those. We, we have those at home as well. Yeah. Yeah. These are also beautiful um, with illustrations by Jim Kay. Um, they only have, like I said, years one through four out at the moment. Um, 
Order of the um, Phoenix or... should be out next year, I think I read. And you know what, Adam? Um, we got those with the intention of reading them to Sydney, but she's n- she's not at the point where she's ready for that yet. So I might just read them. Yeah, <laughs> right now. Well, I mean, that was ready. that was the main driving force behind me getting. I actually didn't really have. I have um, I have the series on Kindle. I don't actually have a print copy of them. I have. I think I have. Uh, I think I have actually, for some reason, I have Chamber of Secrets uh, is the only hardcover that I have before this. So I wanted to get some type of, you know, set of Harry Potter books, and I didn't want to just get the paperbacks or whatever. I wanted to get something pretty cool. Uh, and I've wanted to get these illustrated ones for a long time. And the driving force behind me deciding to, you know, ask for them this year was, you know, Grace. She's seven years old now. It's kind of a good time. And I've told her I want to read her, read them to her and she keeps saying Harry Potter is weird. So <laughs> <laughs> she'll come around. She'll figure she'll it out. Get that. She watches that stuff anyway. She just doesn't know it. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't realize how much she likes it. She yet. watches the descendants stuff on Disney Plus and that's all same type of thing. Kids magic kids going to school. That's that's what it is. She likes it. She just doesn't know it yet. Adam, it's funny you mentioned Harry Potter because uh, we just sat down tonight to start a rewatch. Um, we, mm. you know, watched the first half of Sorcerer's Stone and we both fell asleep <laughs> because we were just both tired. But yeah. Um, yeah, I'm feeling that too. Getting ready for the reunion coming up on uh, January 1st. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's the plan. Is I'm actually, I, I want to like read the book and then watch the movie with her, you know, kind of like uh, mm-hmm. alternate back and forth and do both. So. Mm hmm. Yeah, I've got absolutely. I have both the some of the original like Harry Potter books, but then I also have my Hufflepuff editions, which I absolutely love. Look into your house editions; they're so cool because they give additional information on your specific houses, and then Liam Pinfold, the artist who does the covers, it's each cover is different for each house, and they're beautiful and they're gorgeous and. Yeah, cannot recommend them enough. They are just wonderful. Yeah, um, as far as my recommendation this week goes, it's kind of a lukewarm recommendation um, in that I'm going to recommend the, Ma- the Matrix Resurrections. Um, if you are, that, there's a caveat associated with that. If, if you are a, a big Matrix fan and you've, you know, you've watched the trilogy, you really enjoyed all of them, which I did. I mean, you know, there's a, I, the, the original is definitely better than Reloaded and Revolutions, but I still appreciate and enjoy all three of them. If you are that person, then you might like Resurrections. You might not. <laughs> it's kind of a mixed bag. Um, I, I enjoyed enough of it to, I'm not mad that it exists. And there's a lot of things I like about it. There's a lot of things they did with the story that would, it was very meta um in a way yeah some of that i I liked some of that i didn't yeah i agree um and there really there was one part in the movie that almost ruined it for me and i'm just gonna mention the character and this is a spoiler warning um the merovingian that's all i'm gonna say oh you didn't like i I was okay with that i thought that was atrocious (laughs) and, and um horrible so uh that almost ruined the whole thing for me but other than that i did like it i I, there were some parts i definitely liked i'm thinking about doing a full review and throwing it on youtube here at at some point but um, i think i was actually higher on that than you were then um and as someone who's 
lukewarm at best on the on the series as it is. Uh, maybe I just didn't have any expectations for, to like it at all, and so it was easier to like it. You know, I don't know. Um, but I, I liked, you know, we I liked were... the story overall. I was yeah. impressed by the visual. I thought the visuals were very impressive. Um, you know, I all those things were were pretty good. I mean, I I just feel like it's out there just to give Neo and Trinity a happy ending, and you know, for that I thought it was fun. Um, I would probably watch it again. Uh, I didn't mind it terribly, but there was also things that I, you know, some of the humor I think, some of the fourth wall breaking humor was kind of rough uh, for me. Um, but overall, I thought it was yeah. okay. Yeah, I, I liked it overall. I mean, I'd probably give it a, a 7 out of 10. Um, yeah. You know, and and I think it, it was nice to see these characters come back. I thought Carrie Ann Moss and Keanu Reeves just stepped right back into those roles um, flawlessly. I didn't care terribly about the other characters. I didn't really I didn't, care too much I, about I still them. Couldn't, but, I um, still couldn't get around to the recasting of Morpheus and... Smith. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially Morpheus. I mean, if he's going to be like a program, I mean, why can't you have him look like Lawrence Fishburne? You know, that's just. After didn't... watching the movie, I don't see why they couldn't have put Lawrence Fishburne's Morpheus in there, especially and just given him the role that Niobe had, basically. Yeah. I think he, he could have played that same type of character. Yeah. Um, and filled that role, but that's just my opinion. Um, yeah, I thought I there agree. was a lot of some like cheesy parts to it. And there I felt were. that the, the villains that I love the actors that are in the, the villain roles. Yeah. No, Patrick Harris was, was cool. I, I didn't mind him as a villain. I just didn't think they were convincing as villains. I thought they were yeah. more just kind of silly villains in a way. I didn't really take them seriously as villains, if that makes sense. Yeah. I can um, see that. It never really felt like a huge threat. I think, you know, right. Right. Um, but yeah, overall I enjoyed it. Um, I would recommend it for those Matrix fans out there. You, you really have to watch the first three to even get. Oh this yeah, one. yeah, for sure. Yeah, and, and it took me a couple. I saw it. I saw it in the theater, and then I watched it on HBO Max. So, um, you know, it took me a couple times to really understand completely what was going on. Yeah, do you, uh, do you watch it yet, Nicole? No. Are you a <laughs> Matrix fan, or is that just a pass overall? Gotten into it. I don't know why. I yeah. just. It didn't grab me, and that's okay. I feel like each person yeah, has no. their own. Benefit. I'm actually right there with you. I love you. Know what I mean? Yeah. Like, pick a fandom. You know what I mean? I've yeah. got many. So. Yeah, I'm actually right there with you. I've I've always had a hard time getting into, and even Dave and Liv from Pizza and Parsecs couldn't really. <laughs> they got me excited to talk about it, but then when I went back to watch it, it was like, eh, I can't. I still can't. We, tr- <laughs> so. we tried to convince you, but you know. I mean, it's you, not you, for can, you convinced me that there's more beneath the surface, I think, but it's still, I just had a hard time uh, going back to watch it again. So, Well, Nicole, I don't want to put you on the spot here, so if you don't have a recommendation, that's okay. If you mm-hmm. want to give one, you can. I, I'm set. I got, She's I, been I, I here got before. <laughs> been here. I know exactly how this is going. Okay, so I'm going to throw this a couple ways. Because I'm going to bring up Harry Potter because it's already finished, but I liked the fact that they did this, and that was Hogwarts House Tournament of Houses. Did you guys watch it? No, I didn't. Saw a little bit of one of them. It was really neat. I love the fact that they did an interaction with, um, you know, not just with the crowd, but with, like, us here through, like, quizzes and things to help build up points. And, of course, spoiler warning, the winner of that tournament, of course, was 
Hufflepuff. A very proud Hufflepuff was I. <laughs> I was literally at the edge of my seat. Um, I'm in a group with other Hogwarts fans and stuff, and they are watching, and we're all like, well, do we say, do we not? Because there were other people watching around the world that hadn't been able to watch it yet, and it was so cool. Um, I'm going to go totally opposite of my regular nerdy fandoms, and that is, you know, I'm a total girl, and I loved, I've already binged all of Emily in Paris for all of those women out there listening, or guys, too, that like that type of genre. It was really good. Although I'm excited because we are not only getting Boba Fett this week, we are also getting Cobra Kai. And I I see a major binge happening. <laughs> it's coming. It's going to happen. Cannot wait for Cobra Kai. So it's going to be total opposites of the spectrums, you know, with a little bit of my Star Wars on the in between, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, you know, making up for lost time from, you know, what this whole year has been mostly, Ryan's Bad Batch um, has been mostly, you know, Marvel. It's been our superheroes. So mm-hmm. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, it's a big, it's nice. a big week coming yes, up and is. I am ex- I'm yeah. excited for both of those well, as well. Is, is it is about to explode at the seams, right? They have a lot. They had like Emily in Paris's last week. There was other series that came out. There's Witcher that came out. There is a bunch of stuff coming out this week and next week. And I'm just like, holy craziness. And of course, New Year's Day. I'm like going, okay, so I've got to watch, you know, I've got to figure out a way to watch the Harry Potter thing. And of course, I got to watch Cobra Kai. So I'm just like, okay, so how many people are really going to be watching football that day? Just saying. Like, <laughs> I wonder how many college like people are like going, uh, shoot. <laughs> I probably will choose to watch anything and everything over the Steelers game at this point. So, um, but that's not even until Monday, I don't think. But <laughs> they have a Monday game. <laughs> Rose Bowl, yeah. the things that I'm normally used to watching on January 1st this year has been kind of replaced between, oh, look, Harry Potter. Oh, look. Hi. <laughs> what are you talking about, Rose Bowl? You know what I mean? When you talk about the parade, it's right it's a good it's a good week to be you know a geek and nerd on between all of it all. I'll take it. <laughs> Agreed. So. Indeed, it's a good week to be a geek, and uh, that wow. rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, speaking of being a geek. That pretty much wraps it up for our recommendations, but we do have a Christmas poll to get to for our one question to rule them all. So this past week saw the week three of the Christmas movie to rule them all poll. And this week's genre, if you will, within that genre was like animated (laughs) slash claymation slash whatever. Um, And it was between Rudolph, Frosty, Mickey's Christmas Carol and the Grinch. And the Grinch won with 49% of the vote, followed by Rudolph and the Red-Nosed Reindeer with 36% of the vote, then Mickey's Christmas Carol, and then Frosty. So um, that now we have the final coming up this week. So the, yep. the, the final round, we, we're going to put um, Christmas Vacation 
up against It's a Wonderful Life, up yeah. against The Grinch, How yep. the Grinch Stole Christmas, the original. Um, Don't put your Christmas stuff away yet. Yeah, you got to vote one more one more week. Yeah, so which would you guys vote for out of those three? Christmas vacation. Out of those three. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful life. But I have a feeling that Christmas vacation is going to take it. But it's really hard because I was like, I remember I was even voting. I was like going, really? Shoot. I hate you all. Like, I love you all. But I, I, I have. We've gotten a lot of that. <laughs> like, how dare you yeah. make me choose? <laughs> like, why, do you, why do we have to choose yeah. this? <laughs> like what? Between the things I love. Yeah, I would go with Christmas Vacation as well. So that's going to be my vote. I think that's. Um, gonna but take we're gonna, but we're gonna put it out to you guys on Twitter to to vote as well. We'd love to hear from you on that one to crown our Christmas winner. And um, Christmas winner, ra- winner, Christmas dinner. <laughs> winner, 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 Christmas, Christmas dinner. dinner. There you go. <laughs> yes. Um. Uh, so we'll see who the who the winner is of that. Every copy. Tomorrow morning, Spider-Man, page one, with a decent picture this time. Move Conway to page seven. There's a problem with page seven. I make it page eight and give him 10% off. Okay. I make it 5%. I can't be done. Get out of here! So for our weekly box office report, it was more Spider-Man No Way Home dominating the box office to nobody's surprise at all. Mm-hmm. Um over the three-day holiday weekend, it made another $81.5 million, um, bringing its domestic total to $467 million after just two weeks. And it has also um, passed one billion, the $1 billion mark worldwide. Um, it's doing okay. So, yeah. And I don't know why anybody even considered um, trying to release a film within earshot of spider-man no way home um you know i I had a bad feeling about the matrix resurrections box office given not only was it going up against no way home it was going up against um the king's man sing 2 um and it's on hbo max um so you know the matrix resurrections only pulled in um 22 and 22 and a half million in its first week um it was beaten by sing 2 it was beaten by Sing Two, actually, which I'm taking Sydney to see tomorrow <laughs> for our daddy daughter date. Um, how, how, however, I mean, Sing, you have to like that's not such a dig, Sing Two, because the whole HBO Max thing, I think, really has shot Warner in the foot this whole second half of this whole year. Um, yeah. So I think that they've kind of learned their lesson with the day and date streaming stuff. I hope so, and yeah, I don't think we're gonna see that again <laughs> with HBO Max. I don't think. Andy. I mean, this whole—it's just been interesting because I think that there's been kind of, uh, you know, over the last maybe decade or more, um, conversation about you know, what's the need for for movie theaters anymore, and I think this has answered it. You know, the, you just don't make the money on these movies uh, that you do when you release them into a theater, and uh, you know do the day and date or just streaming stuff at home. I don't know that like a, a seven or even in HBO's case, $15 a month coverage fee for a whole family is going to cover them to make a, you know, big blockbuster films like that. So it's definitely answered that question. I think there's an immense need for theaters in the future. Well, 
and I think it's also the experience. You yeah, know, when you yeah, go, absolutely. there is, when it's done well, there is that experience and the fun. And like when Josh said, like, oh, I'm going to go on a, you know, daughter, you know, daddy date tomorrow with Sydney. Like it made me go, oh, that's just so sweet because you just know she's going to have a good time. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you take that away, I mean, yeah, it's, it's fun to do it at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. But yeah. there's something about going to the movies. I mean, there's even that little commercial like I've seen a lot of times with the drive-in, you know, you know, going to the concession stands and all that fun stuff. And there's something about it, let's you know. And the lobby. Yes, exactly. Let's go to the lobby and let's go to the movies. And, you know, of course, I mean, I mean, we've all been on dates, right, to the movies. I mean, it's like it's got to be one of those like in the top, what, five or top ten, you know, oh, yeah. date. Oh yeah, well, I mean, top three. I mean, dinner and a movie. I mean, is that mm-hmm. is that not right. the, the go-to? You know, so or for me, I love the drive-in too. Again, that's another type of experience. When done well, it is just—it's so much fun. It can be amazing. Well, also when the pricing is correct too. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah so, I mean, I remember I, taking Grace to see My Little Pony, which isn't a movie I would go, but I mean, that's a, that's a memory that sticks with me six years later. And it'll probably stick with me for a long time after this, you know. Seeing no, uh, no way home. Just, we'll talk about this later, but you know, our our theater broke into applause and there was excitement. You know, that's you don't get that atmosphere at home. You know, I'm not. I'm all for that. I love that. That's exactly what I was going to mention too, Adam. Just um, you know, being in a packed theater and hearing the applause, like. Um, at different points in that film mm-hmm. when certain characters were revealed. And, you know, it, it was just awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. No matter my setup at home, and, and it's a decent setup, I still want to go to the movie theater and get that experience. Um, and I've said that time and time again. And, and No Way Home really showed that um, movies can still make a lot of money if it's if it's the right movie at the right time. And, um, you know, the people were obviously behind and excited about this one. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that is our box office report. And kind of going along with that, um, we had the Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness teaser trailer that was at the end of the credits for No Way Home. Um, and, and so they, you know, and then officially released that trailer and a poster as well. Any thoughts on this trailer that we got at the end credits? I was so excited. I can't even tell you. I was sitting there waiting for another credit, right? And then yeah, I wasn't expecting this. Yeah, just like the original time, I was like, and even the second time when I went, I was with my niece the second time, and she didn't know it was coming, and I didn't say anything. And I was like, I was still excited. And you can hear the people in the those who stayed, which of course we're Marvel fans. We know to stay people. I loved it. I was eating it up. And of course, you know, kind of, I think I did see Miss Marvel in there. Well, the newest Miss Marvel that was coming, uh, the younger one. And it, just seeing it and seeing Scarlet Witch, I love seeing Wanda. I was so excited. And of course, when he goes, well, I'm not here to talk about Westfield. I'm like, yes, you are, sir. I want to talk to you about why you were supposed to be in that show. I will not be over it, guys, ever. Okay? they took away my moment anyways of being right i cannot wait for multiverse and of course i've been saying this since we first did wandavision we talked about it i said 
this is leading up to this. And sure enough, here we are. And we just saw Spider-Man. And here we go. And I'm like going, yes, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. And just the mm-hmm. excitement. So I can't wait. I can't wait to hear your guys' thoughts on it too. Cause yeah, I mean it's been it's cool. It's been a long time since we've got a trailer at the end of a movie like that. Um, doesn't yeah. happen very often, so that, uh, I I love when that happens. I mean, and I'll be honest, Marvel... I kind of oh, go ahead. that we go might Mobius, right? Because we got a little bit of Venom, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, this could be this could be something else. Like I just had other thoughts, or I thought yeah. it could be hit better in MJ. And I know I'm skipping ahead, but then that moment. And that surprise again, kind of going back to how you were talking about this, that theater experience. Hearing people's excitement like that was both times. I was thrilling. <laughs> so, what were your guys' thoughts? <laughs> yeah, no, it was just I thought it was cool that it, you know got that trailer. It's been Marvel did. I think I think it was at the end of was it Captain America or or, or maybe maybe one of the Thors where we got the trailer for Avengers. You know, and it really doesn't happen that often. You you get the trailer at the end of a movie. You know, Back to the Future Two is another one that did it. But yeah, Matrix Reloaded did it, by the way. Matrix Reloaded did it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, doesn't happen often. It was it was cool. Yeah, um, I was very excited about this because I'm just a huge Doctor Strange fan. Like, I loved the first Doctor Strange film. Like, I was really into it. I I really loved the whole like sorcerer concept and i thought it was fresh and different and um the idea of like not only the movies connecting but now looking at the tv series connecting to the movies so to have like wandavision and who is by the way wanda was right on the top right off the top of that trailer she was in there Mm -hmm. um not shying away from that but then you have wandavision loki no way home all kind of connecting and leading into you know, the multiverse of madness. So it's, I'm really excited about it. Moving on from that, we, we also have another trailer we're going to talk about that was released today, the day of our recording on Monday, the Batman trailer explored the relationship between the bat and the cat, Batman and Catwoman. And and for me, this has been my favorite look yet at the Batman. Um, I love that we got a better look at kind of some of the story elements and what's going on. You know, the, the Riddler villain was definitely like more center stage and we got some dial more dialogue. I, I enjoyed hearing Bruce Wayne talk a bit and Batman talk a little bit more. And, and we got some more of that dialogue really to see what Robert Pattinson is going to be bringing to this role. And, you know, I'm, I'm very convinced that I'm going to enjoy his performance in this. And so I really dug this trailer. I don't know what you guys thought about it, but I am just getting more and more excited about Matt Reeves' Batman. First thoughts. Uh, Zoe Kravitz is kind of perfect in that role, Catwoman role. Kind of the perfect uh, mix, I think, between Pfeiffer and uh, Halle Berry. You know, so it kind of has the right right look and right attitude where, you know... um, I didn't mind Anne Hathaway, but I, I think that Zoe Kravitz has that that look and that attitude that 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 role. It's needs. got an edge to her that I yeah. think will help in that role. Um, I'm still not in love with the Riddler, uh, the character design of that, but you know, I have to wait and see how that shakes out. Uh, did you, 
as I was watching this, did you read the thing that Matt Reeves said about Bruce Wayne being based on Kurt Cobain in this film? Huh? No. <laughs> Which is <laughs> blows my mind. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> so, that, I'm not sure how to feel about that. <laughs> I'm not sure how to feel about that either. I mean, it looks great. It looks it looks good. I, it looks gritty. I I hope it's not too dark. Um, but I I think I think it's I think it looks really good. I'm very excited, and I can't believe it's only three months away. Yeah, it's crazy. And I, for me, I'm like, yeah, I get what you're saying. Hopefully, it's not too dark. But I, I'm kind of on. I'm ready for a, a dark Batman film. But but I know you know not that we haven't had a dark Batman film because yeah, I mean. I mean Zack Snyder's it's version of, of Batman was was pretty dark, um, but we also have a synopsis for this too. Um, it says two years of stalking the streets as the Batman, striking fear into the hearts of criminals, has led Bruce Wayne deep into the shadows of Gotham City, with only a few trusted allies, Alfred Pennyworth, Lieutenant James Gordon, amongst the city's corrupt network of officials and high-profile figures. The lone vigilante has established himself as the sole embodiment of vengeance amongst his fellow citizens. Sounds good to me. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited. I am. I was. I was excited to see a little bit more of Robert Patterson and Zoe Kravitz and see what their chemistry is going to be like. And I agree, Adam. When she came out as Catwoman, I was at first like, okay, where are we going to be with this? Because my favorite still is Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm-hmm. She will always be my favorite Catwoman. Yeah. She's the one I grew up with. And this one though struck a chord differently, and I went. Okay, I like her. This is going to be awesome. And I can't wait. I'm looking forward to uh, this. And personally, I like it darker. I'm excited. Like, I'm okay if they push the, the envelope. Like, because Batman is Batman. And you have to, for, like, uh, you have to, is this kind of dark? Naturally, yeah, it's- <laughs> I mean, I, I'll just say, like, I mean, I, I don't mind darkness to a bit in in Batman to a certain extent, but Batman's also historically been you know a, a franchise that kids can watch. You know, it's he's still a, a superhero. You know, and I don't mind taking things darker, but I also want to be able to watch this film in front of my daughter, yeah, or take my nephew to it, or that type of thing. And, and I know that not everything has to be that way, but. Um, yeah, you know, I've always kind of thought that PG-13 was a good line for Batman. That's always kind of worked well in the past. Nolan did some amazing things uh, and also took that franchise in a little bit of a darker direction, you know, without being too dark, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I just, I, I don't, I hope it doesn't go, you know, way beyond that line, I guess. Yeah, it's understandable. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think... You know, overall, the, this this looks great. It has me very excited. And like I said, I think this trailer really, for me personally, you know, elevated it and took it to another another level of excitement for me. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I, I can say I, I, I agree with that. Like, I'm, I'm not saying only... that I'm not excited. I'm just, you know. Oh, no. I'm Yeah, I'm just saying for me. Right. You know, no, I know. Yeah. Right. But the one thing I wasn't sure about was like, them firing machine gun rounds at Batman and, you know, his suit being able to, like, contend with that. That was, that was the only, like, little thing that I was like, eh, I don't know how I feel about that. That doesn't bother me um, either. Yeah, that kind of stuff kind of bothers me sometimes, but... Yeah, that doesn't bother me. I'm but, okay with that. 
But anyhow, um, moving on to our, our next news for this week, we are kind of beating a dead dragon here with, with this, but I, I had to throw it in here because I both agree and disagree with Peter Dinklage's comments about Game of Thrones final season. Oh boy. Um, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so Peter Dinklage spoke to the New York times in a recent interview, and he believes some of the backlash stemmed from fans being upset that the show was coming to an end. Um, and, you know, I, I know there were definitely some fans that were saddened by the shortened seasons, seven and, and eight. Um, and everything. But I want to really dig into his quotes here. He says, I think the reason there was some backlash about the ending is because they were angry at us for breaking up with them. <laughs> we were going <laughs> off the air and they didn't know what to do with their Sunday nights anymore. They wanted more. So they backlashed about that. Now, this part, I really disagree with him. Um, and I, th I think he's being kind of a jerk in his comments here. Yeah. Um, and, re and really being condescending towards the fans, which is never a good move. That's never going to win you any additional fans or, or anything like that. So um, I, I don't, I don't think that's what the fans were upset about. However, the other part of this, I do agree a little bit more on, he says they wanted the, and I don't agree with this part, but they wanted the pretty white people to ride off into the sunset together. Um, by the way, it's fiction. There's dragons in it. Move on. Dinklage joked. Um, no, but the show subverts what you think, and that's what I love about it. Um, Subverting expectations. Yes. <laughs> and then he went on to say that people would approach him on the street and ask who's going to be on the throne. I don't know why that was their takeaway, because the show really was more than that. Um, now, I, the part I agree with him on is that I think fans wanted a happier ending that they than they got or a more satisfying ending. And for me, Game of Thrones, if you were paying attention and if you were watching all the events of this series, um, I think it would be unwise to think that it would end happy, <laughs> that there would be some like very happy, satisfying ending. Now, there were there's some things about the finale that I was very satisfied by, but there were also some things that were tragic. And um, I think that's really part of this story and how this show has always been. So I guess I was personally surprised by the very negative reaction by a, a large group of fans towards the finale. So, so I kind of disagree and agree with him, but I don't know if you guys are game of Thrones fans or not. Um, Adam, I know you haven't really watched it, no, right? I don't know about I you, Nicole, but yeah, I haven't watched any of it. Um, I'll be honest. So I had not watched it when I was, um, I had a former coworker who said that she did not like the finale and said, Nicole, you just might not want to watch it at all. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I, I totally get that. I, I get, I get that mm -hmm. reaction. So, you know, and I think there were a lot of people that felt that way for, for some reason, I was one of those people that found it to be like, okay, this ending I didn't expect it to be happy and I didn't expect it to be completely satisfying. So I'm, I'm okay with where it ended up, but, but yeah, so I just wanted to talk a little bit about that. I, maybe I, I the real he, throne was the friends you made along the way. It may be, where did you get that wise piece of, um, because I like it. <laughs> <laughs> It was all about the friends I made along the way. Adam's right. Um, so 
Let's move on to one final (laughs) news item. And um, Lionsgate has revealed that John Wick Chapter 4 is going to be delayed. It won't be releasing on May 27th, 2022. It's actually going to now be released on March 24th, 2023, almost a year um, after it was originally supposed to be released. So this is a big... A big delay. They they actually had a delay announcement video. <laughs> like I don't, that's interesting that they put that together. Um, I'm not sure why there's this delay exactly, and I don't know if it says it here in the article or not. Um, but anyway, um, if you want to see John Wick Chapter Four, watch the Ma- Matrix Resurrections, and he looks like John Wick in it, and he does some fighting. So that might hold you over until. Um, this one comes out but that wraps it up for the news this week and we are gonna review some marvel stuff all right so we are just on the heels of the finale of Hawkeye and No Way Home releasing recently in theaters. And so we're going to first focus on Hawkeye and and review that series. Um, so let's start with just your anybody's overall thoughts about this series. Go. All right. So I personally, I liked the series. I feel Hawkeye, both as a character and as the series, they are both underrated. And it turned out better than I anticipated or expected. What about you guys? Through five episodes, this was on track to be to be my favorite show, Marvel show so far. Um, the finale had a few things that I didn't love, and <laughs> so that kind of uh, dampened my excitement for it a little bit. Uh, but the rest of it, I thought was incredible. Um, Kate Bishop is. I, I can't wait to see more Kate Bishop. Um, that was played perfectly. The humor was top notch. Uh, her delivery on just about everything was awesome. The mix between her and Yelena was really, really great. And that, that's actually probably my favorite part of the series. Actually, is the chemistry be- between those two on screen, um, Florence Pugh and uh, Kelly Steinfeld. Yeah, that's Seinfeld. That's Thank it. you. <laughs> I was trying to think too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so th- I think that was actually like I said, my favorite part of the series was the chemistry between those two. They were hilarious together. They played off each other so well. Um, their f- their fight scene was really good. Um, it, it, it's just like I said, some things in the in the final episode just kind of didn't f- fall together for me. But other than that, I thought it was really good. Um. For me, overall, I was disappointed that it wasn't as much like planes, trains, and automobiles as <laughs> I wanted it to be. So it really failed me on that. No, I'm just joking. Um, I, re- I really enjoyed Hawkeye. Yeah. Um, it- it's probably more middle of the road for me um, in terms of Marvel shows so far. But I really did enjoy it. I, I think it had a lot mm-hmm. to offer. I-, I really enjoy Clint Barton's character, the Hawkeye character. And I think um, Haley Steinfeld did a nice job as as Kate Bishop. It brought in some some characters that we were familiar with from other things that we're going to talk talk about in a little bit. Yeah. Um, oh, and by the way, this is a full spoiler review of both this and, Haw- and No Way Home. So yes, 
spoilers. So come back later if you haven't seen Hawkeye or No Way Home. But yeah, I really enjoyed it overall. And like I said, it, it probably falls somewhere in the middle for me for, of those Disney Plus shows. Um, let's move on to some of our favorite moments or our, our positive kind of takeaways from the series. Yeah, so I mean, for me, I think my favorite moment is, you know, I'll go back to the Elena and, and um, Kate stuff, especially in the apartment, you know, kind of their first... <laughs> official meeting, you know, with the whole mac and cheese thing and um, saying both names all the time. I thought that was great. A lot of fun. Just menacing enough on Yelena's part and just innocent enough on Kate's part, you know, just really make it work well. Uh, so I think that that was actually my favorite uh, you know, favorite part of this. And Kate kind of had great dynamic regardless of who she was on screen with. You know, the stuff that she played with, uh, you know, with, with her mother, um, was great that stuff with Jack was great. Clint was great. I mean, she just worked perfectly with everyone in the show, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I have to echo what you said because I completely agree with you on what you're saying. Because I do, I, I'm excited to see what's going to happen with Kate Bishop in the future. Although yeah, I am yeah. 100%, my brain, my heart, my heart is set on the fact that she's going to the, the Young Avengers. That's where she's headed. And I feel like Elena's still going to be around. Yeah. And I we're going to see her in another format here, still, you know, as Elena. Yeah, and I got to be honest, uh, um, Florence Pugh has made me really not miss Black, Black oh. Widow at all. Well, and in a sense, though, it's like not Elena, but Kate kind of took up Nat's mantle, so to speak. You know what I mean? As partners with yeah. Okay. I, now, I, I think I, we're going to start seeing a lot less of Clint Barton in, in the near future. Right. I think this is really right. kind of a handing of the torch, a passing of the torch. Right. And and, but it didn't fully feel like a full handoff at that last moment when yeah, they were just yeah. and of course I expected this because I had read, you know, like five or five years ago, you know, about Hawkeye and the lady Hawkeye. And I was like, wow, okay. I like this. So I've been expecting it. So um, I'm excited to see who's going to come. However, I have to. I loved Maya from the moment, even if she started off as the is is bad or evil. That opening when she was uh, little yeah. with uh, I was like, they just had me. I was totally enthralled with episode three um, and Maya and her story and unfolding it. And then that ending. Oh, my gosh. I know we're going to be talking about that ending with her. Yeah. And so I'm excited to see where, again, she's going to go. She in the comics avenges herself, I think, if, I'm, if I've read correctly. And she, you know, becomes an Avenger at some point. Uh, one of the Avengers, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited to see what's going to happen with her. We could talk about this whole thing. <laughs> I'll just chatter away per usual. <laughs> oh, we, en- yeah. we enjoy it. We enjoy Absolutely. it. Um, my my positives, you know, in Nicole, I like that you mentioned the Maya character. I thought it was. I thought the interesting aspect of that was was looking at a deaf character, and then also a character that was going deaf um and you yeah. know and clint barton from all of his avengers action and and just 
digging into like the communication barriers of that and like sign language stuff. I thought that was a cool take. Um, it was the, the only kinda, thing kinda that I'll complain about just a little bit there is that they seem to lean on that really heavy in the first half of the season and then not yeah, as and much then in it the wasn't second half. As much of, just yeah, kinda, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And I have to back though, is that, is that I did love that moment when she pierced his, right, his, his um, hearing aid. And so he couldn't, that means he had to all of a sudden yeah. lean on his senses. And in a way, this is going to sound maybe wrong to some people, I'm glad she did it because it really made him step up. It really made him kind of have to feel, you know, around and use those other senses and learn the sign language that she's like, dude, do it. Which was also how I kind of went, hmm. Is she going to end up being good? Because if for me, I felt like if she wanted to kill him, I think she would have done it already. Honestly, I think she would have went straight for it. Yeah, she might. She might kind of fall into that anti-hero category, you know, where she's, you know, where where she can be on the right side, or you know, sometimes it's her intention, or her intentions, or her way of doing things could, you know, kind of mm -hmm. land her on the other side as well. So. Or as we say in Star Wars, you know, she's in, yeah, she's in that I mean, gray. She, she was also, you know, really avenging her father through most of this. So there's a lot mm -hmm. riding on that as well. Yes. Yeah. So I dug, I dug that character and 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 all of that. Um, I also, of course, loved the dynamic between um, Kate Bishop and Clint Barton. I, I loved their interactions. Um, were they partners? Were they not partners? That whole thing. Um, you know, there, there was always that kind of running joke going on. Mm -hmm. Um, really enjoyed their performances. Um, I thought the stuff with the LARPers was hilarious. Um, <laughs> I, I, I loved that whole part of it when, you know, Clint had to go and like do the reenactment and everything and do the, <laughs> the fight or the battle or whatever. Yeah. Um, I thought that was great for comedy. And I also liked kind of the inclusion and resolution of the Ronan character. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought that was smart. I, I, I think it was smart because I'm all about looking into what conflicts are the characters facing and how do they resolve those conflicts. And Clint is having this internal conflict with what he was, um, you know, during the blip or whatever. Um, and you know, becoming that Ronan character and what he did. And then it kind of resolving in this series. And I really enjoyed the moment when he burned the costume, just kind of saying, yeah, we're, we're, I'm putting that behind me and, and moving forward. Yeah. And, and I have to add one more. The moment with him and Yelena in the battle scene, and the infamous whistle, we all have known grown to yep. love. And just, I loved that they included that. And of course, this whole time for Hawkeye, for me, all I kept thinking was like, man, this has Black Widow all over it. It's like you could feel Black Widow all over it and you could feel Natasha's presence. And yet Scarlett Johansson wasn't even in the show. And I, I was just like, wow, there was a lot of, you know, a lot of moments and honoring of that character. And um, that moment was just I just, I loved it. And of course, that's what, of course, brought Yelena around to knowing that he was telling the truth. He wasn't lying to her. He was very honest with her. And um, I was just going to say, even going back to when I watched Black Widow for the first time and saw the post credit scene, 
And I was like, okay, so Yelena's going after Clint, but I can't wait till the moment comes when she realizes he's a good guy. He didn't cause her death. Like, and that, and mm-hmm. that kind of finally resolved itself at the yeah. end of this season. Mm-hmm. And, and so I really was looking for that and got that and appreciated that. It was a well done mm-hmm. moment too. Um, Mm-hmm. I I think my favorite Clint and Kate moment was the, uh, after he has his ear, uh, his hearing aid crushed, where she's translating the call between him and his son. Um, you know that I th- I think that was one of the best parts of the show, to be honest. Yeah, another pull pull the heartstrings, yeah, right? Yeah. It, it it also made him um, again that moment brought them together in a new way, mm-hmm. and he had to lean on her in a new way and he kind of got that perspective that he could trust her and that she was looking out for him and his family. Yeah. I was going to say to Nicole that I loved how much Clint leaned on his wife and everything and, and how a part of the decision she was and, and, and just being in on all of it, I, I thought was, was a nice touch as well. Mm-hmm. And, and also just like the, the holiday Christmas feel of this show and, and like having the music that was present in it um, mm-hmm. and, and just all, all the Christmas related stuff, uh, you know, the, the tree also, and, and Rockefeller center. And, you know, we haven't mentioned this, yeah. um, but uh, our red five, red five friends at uh, science fictionary asked us on Twitter a few weeks ago. And I thought it was a great question, but um, we may have gotten the best ever TV car chase scene. In the history of television, that yeah, that was that good. whole single shot thing, you know, in the car, that, that was amazing. <laughs> that was yep. one of the best car chasings I've seen ever. It's up there for sure. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, was there anything that didn't work for you guys? And if if so, what was it? Why didn't it work? Some of the ending stuff didn't. I mean, I, I mm-hmm. after reading some stuff, I know that Kingpin is, you know, probably not dead in this universe, and it seems like it seems like um, Vincent D'Onofrio was talking about, you know, <laughs> him not being dead either. Uh, I but I, I did think that that was just a little bit of a disappointing way for Kingpin to kind of go out in this series. Um, off screen. Yeah, I mean, camera pans up off screen, that type mm-hmm. of stuff, but then. I mean, I, I was, I don't know what I was hoping for. It just kind of let me down. Um, I think he was, I, I think he was strong enough. I've seen online, uh, Twitter, some talk about him not being strong enough, getting beat too easy. But I mean, he did get hit by a car, blown up, and you know, Dude, still Scott beat up went after through that. the ringer. I mean, <laughs> I mean, pretty pretty much short of decapitation. I don't know what else. I don't everything but the kitchen sink thrown at him. I don't know um, what else he he could have done there. <laughs> Uh, I was what is he, is he like a super is he like um, so in the comics the explanation is that his body is just like pure muscle it's just like dense you know so it's not really so mm-hmm. much of a superpower it's just the way his body is made up uh, that makes yeah him, I was wondering if he became like a super soldier somehow or something like that in this no, iteration no. or or what but no it, and, yeah. and is it is is it the same Wilson Fisk as the Daredevil Wilson Fisk Vincent D'Onofrio was saying yes to that. I don't know. Yeah. So he's been he's been talking a lot lately, um, some articles and stuff, and I'd have to look it up to see exactly where this was. But he he did say that this is the same Wilson Fisk as the Netflix series. Mm-hmm. 
if I can piggyback real quick uh, for, while we're talking about the, that moment. So for me, for us who have read the, the comics or have known about that moment, we were excited, right? But for those who didn't know about that, if I you didn't did know read, until I did some reading. I had no oh, idea. Right? I, um, I thought I, I thought he was dead. <laughs> I was like, if right. if well, that okay. if that was right. a one episode comeback for Kingpin, I'll be so mad. <laughs> yeah, I right. agree. <laughs> and for me, though, what what disappointed me? Well, for the for me, it disappointed me in two ways. One, I was excited because for me, myself, and I, I went, okay, we're high chances are we're going to get him in Echoes. That's this is me because I'm like I've seen it. I know that he that's what happened to him. But. I kind of was disappointed back that that we didn't get like maybe at least an announcement of Echoes in maybe in the credits somewhere or okay. you know so Echoes that's another thing we can talk about <laughs> in Echoes and then maybe with something that set something that gave you the hint that Kingpin would be there. Oh yeah, I think it's probably kind of a given that him and Maya would you know face off again. But you mentioned the credits, and I have to say the credits is t- far and away. Yep. I mean, and part of this, like, I feel like such an entitled fan for saying, you know, how how dare you just give me one end credit scene. But the fact that we (laughs) only got Rogers the musical and then nothing else. I mean, come on. Like, that was... I'll I'll be honest, that was a well-done musical number. (laughs) I was done with it. That was two and a half minutes too long. Um, I was, I was, I I was done with it after 30 seconds. And I mean, the thing was like, usually when they, when they do something silly like that, there's something more meaningful behind it or in front of it. It was just that mid roll and then nothing. And then, you know, I was watching, Mm -hmm. I kept it going and it usually Disney plus kind of does the, uh, you know, the video shrinks and it recommends something if there's nothing coming up later and it didn't shrink and it didn't shrink. I'm like, okay, so there's probably something later. And then it started playing the international credits. I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> like, you really aren't going to do anything else. <laughs> like, yeah, there was no. So I no. was severely disappointed in the credits stuff. Mm-hmm. They have given us one end credit. Anything. You would change. Or if they would have at least announced Echo, you would have changed your t- you know, mind. All they had to do was show that alley where Kingpin went down and just, he doesn't have to get up. He doesn't have to move. If you just show yeah. the empty alley, that's all you needed to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. That would have, that would have been fine. And then, and then Rogers, the musical, I probably would have had fun with, but I think part of the reasons why I, I really don't like the Rogers musicals, cause that's all it was. Hey, but I have to touch on the, the Rogers musical thing. Cause I know we're, I'll, I'll mention again Spider-Man, but for me, it did in a way, because at the beginning of the, uh, Hawkeye, right, we see the Rogers musical and we kind of end with that. So for me, it was kind of like they were as a gift wrap. It was like, yeah, you know, it's kind of a bookend thing, but for me, it was, just, I don't know. It, it wasn't. It, also, <laughs> it showed us a theme though, that kind of came to a close. And that is that us as one in life, we want to know purpose, right? We want to feel special. We want to feel super. We want to, you know, whatever it is, even as an extrovert, you maybe want some to at least be acknowledged. Right. And I think that was a, a theme throughout the whole show, you know, that showed us through from 
Although, even when I first saw that, I was like, why would Clint ever take his kids to go see that? Like, what PT? Who thought about this? Like, does anybody not know people with PTSD? That I would not do that. Like, you want to go see? No, I'm not going to show my child what my life looked like through a very a traumatic experience. But that being said, though, they had that thing, though, that, you know, every person wants to feel special or important or feel be a superhero. You know, how many kids do we see that want to be back? Or want to dress up and be Spider-Man or Ant-Man or Thor or, you know, or Black Widow. You know, we want to be that hero, right? I mean, that's, we love the superheroes. You're saying you know, that all, this is where Marvel should have introduced their broom boy, right? I wish we were just, we just, we're entitled, we should have got our own broom boy. Josh is just shaking his head for, for all of our listeners. But that being said, I think that's what they were trying to do. But again, I feel like we are a little used to being entitled. Where is our end credit? Give us the real deal. And they thought they were doing right. And all we wanted was if you would have done one more of an actual real end credit, or at least maybe the announcement that goes or the next thing. Or with Spider-Man. Oh my gosh. Can we mention? I've got to talk about it right now. Because in Spider-Man No Way Home, you see him. He flies past the Rogers Theater. He flies past the musical. So I'm like, why did we not get that in this? Yeah, I didn't even notice that. Timing! Okay, Spider-Man, while it does not begin during the same time as Hawkeye, it ends during the same um, holiday period. And, you, you know, he goes past that tree and it's like going, why did we not get that? Oh, and then what's his name? Jack, of course. I This is where I admit I was wrong. I thought Jack was going to be more, more of a bad villain, and he ended up being kind of like Ralph Boner to me. But <laughs> yeah. in the same time, this is where they tied him in with that theme of, well, we all want to be important, and we all want to be like our superheroes, and we all want to be like Hawkeye or Thor or Iron Man and... Uh, yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't, like, I actually enjoyed the Ralph Boner thing. He wasn't, for me, on that level, but it was... Right. I thought it was a good swerve, oh, right. you know, because, I mean, the, you're right, the whole time you were kind of thinking that it was him, you know, you know being dastardly, yeah, but Mar- it was really his mother, or her mother, uh, kind of behind the scenes yeah. of that. So I, I thought it was a, I thought it was a good swerve. I, I thought it was cool. For me, like, the the lack of, I don't want to say a through line, because the, the series had a through line, but in terms of the, kind of like the hierarchy of the villains, like, I was a little bit confused, because, you know, we, you know, we saw Val at the end of Black Widow giving the instructions to um, Yelena to go after Clint Barton, but we don't know where she fits into this whole Wilson Fisk, um, and then there was you know, Maya. And then there was, I think there were multiple villainous characters in this, and I'm not sure exactly how they're all connected and lined up. That was for me, the thing that confused me and that I had the biggest issue with. And I would have loved to have seen Valentina, man, even that credit or something, just a little camera. Yeah. It seemed like a good place for her to show up and she didn't. And speaking of, hold on, because you guys talked about the Grinch and the Christmas uh, earlier, right? And yeah. I loved the end of that one episode where you they play the Mr. Grinch song, and at the end, it shows the outline of, of Kingpin, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that just, mm-hmm. I love, that That was really neat how they did that. Quick thing, though, I have to add, because yeah. something I noticed today, and I was thinking about as I was preparing for tonight, and I 
did not think about this until today. But then again, it makes me go, why did this not happen? Or why did they not push this further? So in the first episode, um, Hawkeye or Clint mentions to his children, they're watching the musical Ant-Man was not there. Right. Right? Okay. In the final episode. Okay. Another really cool. Some people hate it. I liked it. And that was when the guy, you know, he was up in the tree, whatever, right, with the owl. And then in the long run, the owl comes to grab out, you know, the track suits when they're really small. He goes, why did that happen? I'll have to ask Scott. And today it occurred to me that he does mention Ant-Man a few times throughout this series. And I kind of go, is there a reason? My inkling is that. Maybe something more is coming. I or who knows? Maybe we'll see something with maybe Clint will show up in, in the next Ant-Man. Maybe, maybe you never know, never know. But I just realized that today that he did bring up Ant-Man several times throughout the series. Yeah. So it's not like he was mentioning Iron Man all the time or Thor all the time and other people, but he right. did mention Scott yeah, very specific. A, you mentioned several times Scott or Pym Tech, yeah. Mm-hmm. And of yeah, course, we it's coming. We know that Ant Man's coming. We know more Kang is coming. So it's kind of like, I don't think it's for nothing. Although, again, this is where I was wrong. I hate being wrong. And that is, of course, you know, again, the coming of Spider. Uh, sorry, Spider Man and Hawkeye at the end, and going, why did we not? Or did something happen with Doctor Strange? And that's what we think. Again, if that comes back down to Doctor Strange, you guys. I'm going to be mad because <laughs> it'll be the second time something happened that I said it was going to happen and didn't happen. And it had something to do with Dr. Strange. Go figure. In my correct multiverse, this all happens. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I, Just I gonna... <laughs> the last question I kind of have here for Hawkeye is, you know, what does the future hold for these characters? I will say that I felt coming away from this show like adam said with a lack of really a post-credit scene i'm not sure where we're going from here with with these characters um i know i'm sure we'll see them again are we going to get a, a second season to this or or not um are we gonna you know where's wilson fisk gonna show up again if if he is um you know just those kind of, i was left with those kind of questions you know yeah i mean I'm, I'm kind of with you on on that. I mean, we have the Echo show. I don't I don't know if that even has a date. Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah. I guess we'll we'll see where it goes from here. And are you guys ready to talk about No Way Home? Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. <laughs> so I, I'd like to talk about our kind of our, our initial out of the theater reactions to this film, and 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 I'll start this time just by saying that when I walked out of this film when i walked out of the theater my initial reaction was i didn't know how i felt about like the first maybe 20 minutes of this film but after that and i'll explain why later but but after that for me this is one of the, my favorite superhero films of all time instantly um it's probably my favorite spider-man film of all time and, you know, that that was kind of my initial out of the theater reaction was I absolutely loved it. I, I thought they were able to accomplish something just unbelievable with this movie, the way that they balanced all of these characters 
in the multiverse and everything. So um, I loved it at the theater. I was thinking to myself, this is like a 9.5 out of 10 for me. So I don't know where you guys were initially out of the theater, but let's talk about that. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was, I'm probably right there with you. I think nine and a half is is good. There, there's a couple little things that I, that I don't think work perfectly, and so that's the only reason it's not a ten for me. But I, I think mm-hmm. that it was pretty. It's easily the best of the MCU Spider-Man um, yeah. standalone films. Uh, it's, it's up there. I don't, I, I, you know, I don't know if it beats Spidey to the Tobey Maguire one yet. Um, mm-hmm. but it's up there. It's, I'm, with, I'm with you there. That, yeah. That's the one I struggle with too, because I love that movie. Yeah. Um, but it's just, I mean, the sheer fact that they juggled everything that they did in this and, and kept it, um, kept the pace good and, and everyone got their time to shine and it wasn't, you know, it, it, I thought it was amazingly handled. Agreed. Nicole, what about you? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I was, I was on cloud nine. Okay. Okay. I'm on cloud 9.5. Okay. I'm right with everyone. <laughs> and the second time I was just like, Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Like there was just so much excitement rushing through me. And I remember also thinking, ah, darn John Favreau. He makes us cry in Star Wars. And then he made us cry again in Spider-Man. Like I just, I, I remember leaving the theater and having that, that thought also in the back of my mind. Uh, because I did, I fully had my heartstrings all again and again, and then again, and then again, and then I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, also, again, one of my favorite spine wins, if not top, I'm kind of like you guys. So I'm like, can this get past number two um, with Toby Maguire? Can it? Like, it's pretty darn close. It's like neck yeah. and neck. It's just, it's so good i just yeah. i could go yeah. i yeah. just like i've seen it twice i would love to see it again uh because i really really loved it really enjoyed it begin uh, for me beginning to end i i personally enjoyed it you know i'll say this this film alone actually made me appreciate andrew garfield that much more you know it's not even an andrew garfield movie but his, yeah. the stuff that the stuff that they did in this movie made me really appreciate that. And I, I've never kind of shied away from saying that he's easily my least favorite of those three. Um, and I didn't totally love those two movies, but I'm totally on board to go back and, and revisit them. You know, the stuff that they did around his character specifically made me appreciate and love his, him as Spider-Man that much more. And I, th- I, th- I think we're going to get more of him. I'll talk about that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, I love how they played right into what we all know about Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man and and how it wasn't, you know, the most loved. Um, oh, yeah, 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 Spider-Man. yeah. They played around and, with and it, it, yeah. it plays right into that that, that hand. And, and yeah. I love how they handled that. And, and even like there was a moment, I think Tobey Maguire's um, Peter Parker was telling him you're amazing yeah 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 i thought that whole pep talk that whole pep talk thing was absolutely hilarious that was was, i loved that so yeah there were a lot of and i think this is one of the more emotional mcu films out there the stakes were were very high um and we're going to talk about you know that as well um 
But what about the characters and performances? What what really stood out to you guys? I, I know for me, um, I was very surprised and welcome. It was a welcome surprise that the villains in this in this film, you know, specifically talking about Doc Ock and Green Goblin, and um, they, you know, and uh, why can't I think of uh, Jamie, Jamie Fox's Fox. Electro? Um, they played large roles in this film, yeah. and for me, my standouts have to be like Alfred Molina as Doc Ock and how he brought that character back and didn't miss a step, and well. Um, Will and Defoe, Green Goblin. I, I thought they were phenomenal. I loved them all. <laughs> I'm picking favorites. Like this is like, you want me to pick one? Um, they were all so great. I loved how what Zendaya still brought to MJ. I yeah, loved, yeah. Uh, you know, and her little Michelle. You know what I mean? You know, what I, mean? I love how she did that. Yeah, right. Um, Jamie Fox. I really did like him as Electro. I really like mm-hmm. what he on the way again it's kind of like andrew garfield they came back better and stronger like i'm like dude i am here for this like it was just i was eating it up they were it's like they were feeding me cake and i just kept eating it like like like, i'm keeping it up because it was really really delicious and scrumptious and i loved how their characters uh this was almost kind of like a wrap up for, for those previous movies in ways that I wasn't expecting, you know, um, you know, between, um, Peter Parker, between Toby and Alfred Molina, and then between Jamie Foxx and Andrew Garfield, like those characters came together again and kind of, you know, made their respective trilogies deeper, you know, uh, absolutely. Which was incredible to do that 20 years later, you know, and speaking of, you know, the Toby stuff, but I mean, to, to revisit that and in just a few minutes make those stories better uh, was pretty incredible. Well, mm-hmm. I have to make that mention of Ned. Okay, that moment when he goes, <laughs> they're down there in the labs, and he goes and wait, Spider Man kills his best friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was. <laughs> He's I, real I think, nervous. <laughs> I, think that, I think that was the best Ned part. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. But then to see Ned evolve. Mm hmm. So I feel like I one we're not done seeing these characters. I okay, not. we're not. I hope not. Mm. We'll, we'll talk uh, about that. <laughs> the, the, the whole magic thing with the ring and it happened. You could see his character developing. You could see yeah. his confidence grow. And I was like, like this is awesome. I'm so excited for Ned. I was. I again. I was excited for him. I was happy for him. You know what I mean? It didn't. It's not like it overshadowed any of the Spider-Mans either. Again, maybe they just had the luck of a certain Force person on that team. You know, from our Star Wars that yeah. just brought that, helped that with the balance. Maybe, maybe not. But oh my gosh, because it didn't overshadow anything else. It still brought its own to Ned into this movie and just made it better. Then, or at least for me, in my perspective, it made it better. You know, and you got to see his character develop, and we kind of get a hint of what could be or what's coming, you know? I thought, as a huge Spider-Man fan from the Tobey Maguire days, if if you were a fan coming up watching Spider-Man, that trilogy, and then watching Andrew Garfield's films, and then watching um, Tom Holland's Spider-Man, 
if you put all your time and energy into all those films, it was this film was so rewarding and, and I for for that viewer. And I understand mm-hmm. now why they were calling this the end game of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um and, and the ability to, like Adam said, um even tie up loose ends from the other trilogies and make them more meaningful was to me mm-hmm. astonishing mm-hmm. how well they were able to pull that off mm-hmm. and balance all of that and and make it. I felt so rewarded as a fan of all of those Spider-Man movies. Any favorite um, or most satisfying moments from the film that that we didn't mention yet? Yeah, Charlie yes. Cox. Yeah, I mean that yeah. was that was something that I was I was surprised by that. Showing Charlie Cox right and uh, like right up front, like he, not even saving him for an end credit thing. Um, he was in the first twenty minutes of the movie, and I thought his introduction yeah. here was really great. You know, bringing him in as a lawyer because Peter's mm-hmm. having issues, and mm-hmm. you know he he catches the brick. I mean, I thought that stuff was just done really well. And so now we have Kingpin and Daredevil. Um, apparently, we're going to be continuing Spider-Man stuff. It's, it's gonna get it's gonna get interesting uh, with these characters kind of possibly popping up together and and you know finally getting them all on screen at the same time mm-hmm. yeah. and Venom. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had a reaction like that in a movie for a while. The the reaction that I, that I had to Charlie Cox showing up, I haven't had that reaction yeah. in a while. You know, I was kind of yeah, like I actually, I even kind of threw my arms up. I'm like, they did it. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, so. I, I actually was verbally out loud saying, no way, yeah. no way, no way. <laughs> I did something um, like that. I forget what I said, but it was something like that, too. <laughs> and and I, I definitely felt myself at different moments in this film actually saying to Brittany, who was sitting beside me, I was just like, and I was kind of saying it to myself. I, I was just like, this is incredible. This is incredible. <laughs> yeah. um, and, you know, I've said before, the performances really stood out to me. Um, Alfred Molina and Willem Dafoe. Um, I really this movie had a lot of heart. So, I mean, I always look at what brought the emotion out of me the most. Mm -hmm. And it had to be this scene, um, where it was after, um, you know, Tom Holland's Peter lost may and the other Spider-Man, the other Peter Parkers were there and they were talking about losing Ben. And then they were talking about with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. They brought the line. I I was, (laughs) I was in tears. Yeah, um, that, back. yeah, like that is what ch- choked me up the most, and I didn't. I, I didn't emotionally cry. reacted. To that. I didn't yeah. cry. I got a little misty. I didn't cry. Um, mm-hmm. I, but mine was actually just slightly before that, and it was when uh, MJ and Ned were just holding him as he was cry- as he was breaking down. Oh, that yeah, was so, that was yeah. the part that mm-hmm. got me a little misty. That too, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I said on Discord, oh. I usually don't cry in theaters unless it's a Pixar movie. <laughs> so. Yeah, Pixar knows how to just stomp on all over my heart, but for some reason it doesn't happen in these. I don't know. I cannot. Um, couple too that I want to mention. One, the one with Andrew Garfield and MJ when she yeah off that building and he gets her. He saved her. Yeah. What happened in his movies in that moment where he almost he pretty much avenged himself, yeah. and it was. Just that moment, and of course, even my heart was like, <sighs> you know what I mean. And then he grabbed her, and then it was like you're excited for him, and you're excited for this moment, and then you're just like, you just want to like 
that I don't know, there's something that just pulled pulled my heartstrings. And of course, the moments that you guys have already already said all just misty eyed, and of course, Aunt May thing. While I anticipated, I actually did kind of expect because based off of past stuff, I'm like somebody's gonna go. I think it's gonna be Aunt May, but I, that was of course the one thing that was spoiled for me. Um, I do have to mention though one moment that we've yet to talk about, um, and that's with Wong. Wong's oh, there, right? Yeah. And he says, because you have been gone, I have extra duties because I am the source of spring. And then it hits me and I go, huh? and all I'm thinking about is the ending of WandaVision and going, no way. And then, of course, in the long run, at the end of the the whole, after everything, of course, we get the the next trailer, and of course, we see Scarlet Witch slash Wanda Vision. Uh, well, not Wanda, but not Vision, but Wanda. Yeah, and right, right. those connect that that tie, and I just remember going. And then where he was, it made me. I wanted. I want. I really wanted. I wish I could have just had a standstill of that moment because I'm like going. Was that Shang-Chi? Where was he? Because I feel like we've seen it before. And even the second time when I was in the theaters, I my niece was next to me. And again, she looked at me and I went, uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, I just, because she caught it too. You know, not everybody caught hit that line that he said about him having extra duties because of the blip. But then you find that out and you go, whoa, because I hear... You know, coming up on Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Doctor Strange. Like, to me, he's he's the supreme. And then I go, oh, uh-oh. What's going to happen to Wong now? <laughs> he, like, missed me, like, going kind of nervous, like we're in Spider-Man. But I have I have to mention that moment because that was a moment yeah. of um, and what's probably going to happen in the future. So, yeah, I was surprised by that as well. I gotta yeah. say, the Wong thing was a little weird for me just because he just kind of washes his hands of the whole thing and then leaves. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I think I would have been more okay if Strange just kind of went rogue on that, but Wong was just like... That, eh. that was, and that, and that <laughs> Adam is one of the one of the ish, issues I had, so... Um, he, he just kind of says, you know, I don't want to be involved. <laughs> leaves. Okay, well, let's, let's you know. break the fabric of time and space <laughs> just because mm-hmm. the Sorcerer Supreme just doesn't want to get his hands dirty. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and again, you're right. And again, for me, I would always think Doctor Strange was would be the he still would be the source of Supreme because he has that attitude, he has that ego, he has you know he would stay there, he would go rogue. Unlike Wong is more oh, leave me out of it. Like you know what I mean? Like he only got stuck with it because he's the you know what I mean because yeah. of the blip. Yeah, you know he got put into a situation, and of course. Now I'm sure we're gonna get. I am sure we're gonna see that coming up in Doctor Strange. I'm. We've got to. They. They've got to explain that one more. So. Yeah. Yeah. So Josh, I th- I think I stepped on your negative there, but I think that's where we're heading next. <laughs> yeah. I well, I just wanted to because you you talked a little bit about the Wong thing. Um, yeah. So let's get into any negatives we had. Um, and for me, the reason that I was unsure about the first twenty minutes of the film was because there was just some logic things for me that, that didn't quite add up. And and maybe it's because people were freaking out when um, Charlie Cox showed up, you know, <laughs> as uh, what, what is his, 
character's yeah, name. Matt, not, Matt Murdock. Not, not Matt Murdock. Um, <laughs> for me, like, there was a, the whole thing about him getting out of this situation um, from Far From Home um, with, and dang it, I can't think of what that other character's name was in, in Far Jameson. From Home. No, the villain. Um, oh, um, uh, Mysterio. Mysterio. So mm-hmm. I didn't really like the way that he got out of that whole Mysterio scenario. It, it was very, everything was happening very fast. There was a lot of really quick dialogue. There was a lot of snappy stuff going on. And he just sort of like got out of it and it, everything was okay. And and then he went to Doctor Strange and they're like, oh yeah, let's let's do this thing where we erase all the world's memories of you. And it was just kind mm-hmm. of... I liked where they got where they went to and how, but how they went about it for me just didn't quite work in the beginning. Um, I like everything that we got out of that scenario, but I I have to see it again. And I think there's probably some dialogue I missed because there was just such, it was fast dialogue. They got out of that situation pretty, pretty quickly. And um, that was my only minor issue with the film. Well, you got comparison of strange as a mentor versus you know tony stark you know what i mean the way he mentored spider like you know spider-man or peter parker he probably would have been like dude did you do xyz you know what i mean so you can kind of see or maybe that's just how he is with younger you know the up-and-coming versus like Mm -hmm. wanda who's more not his age, but closer to his age. Mm-hmm. You know. So you got to that in comparison. So, sorry, you were saying. My only real thing is I don't love the ending between the core three. I think it's a good emotional ending, um, you know. But I, I think as a viewer, you're just kind of inclined to root for MJ and Peter, and I, I hope that that gets revisited at some point. Um, I think that it will. I don't think that those three are done. I, I and like I said, I think it was a good way to wrap up this particular trilogy story. But I hope that that's not the end of those three, you know, going forward. So I am, I'm right with you. That was my my dislike. Also, was that I remember again when I was in those credit scenes, and I thought wasn't again expecting. I got really excited and very happy that I got our trailer for the Multiverse of Madness. Mm-hmm. However, again, I was like expecting either it was going to be Mobius, something with Venom, which we did get a little bit of that, right, right, or something like because that moment where she's still, she's still. This is why I, I think that we're going to still get more of her. Actually, I have a couple of reasons now. She still had the necklace, like she's got yeah, it. Yeah. At what point did she go? Where did I get this necklace from? You would think. Um, right. Recently, she's been seen with red hair. And uh, Zendaya has been shown with red hair, so you're kind. I'm kind of like, oh, are we are we getting ready? Are we gonna start getting ready to see some um yeah. new way? And I wanted them to, go, but at the same time, I get it that the other two also had to walk away in order. Well, kind right, of in the right. comics, we know, that, we know that Mary Jane and Spider Man get together. We know that in the long run, there are other things that happen. Right. And of course, it makes me wonder if we'll still see any of that in the future. 
Yeah, I mean, I think we will. I mean, if you notice, like, Peter had the whole thing written up on a, on a, you know, what he was going to say to her, and he didn't throw it away. He put it in his pocket, you know. So, you know, maybe that's a, a symbol that that's coming back later. And I also still think that we're going to still get more because of Nat, because him with he was able to do the magic. I went. Yeah. We're going to now. Will he? Will they again show up in the Young Avengers? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. You know. I do believe we'll still get more, and I think it'll probably be through the Spider-Man series. Because I really do expect that while he may not be 100% in Mobius, I anticipate it will be in the coming, on the Sony side of, in association with Marvel's Sony side, (laughs) there will be something coming, you know, within the spider I really dug the ending. I, I'm uh, I'm gonna maybe I don't know if it's a popular or unpopular opinion, but I thought the the ending was was perfectly poetic. Um, mm-hmm. I thought the mm-hmm. fact that the the whole solution to this problem that was cr- the conflict that was created in this film um, was for Peter to take himself out of the equation. Basically, it wasn't. It um, wasn't because then he also convinces the the college admissions person, you know, to give them a second chance. You know, so I mean, like. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. It wasn't like I think it was. It was that classic Peter move, you know, to kind of protect his friends by making sure that they don't know, you know. So right. that part, yeah. I, and I loved, I loved how self selfless that yeah, was. Yeah, um, I, I, I know, agree with I, that. I, I love that choice by him to to not share what he wrote down um, to protect right. his friends, mm-hmm. and and then we do see that kind of reset where he is becoming the Spider Man that we normally, yeah. you know, like the, to- like how the Tobey Maguire trilogy yeah, kind of yeah, right. went where he was in, he was maybe in that college age and he's in that kind of apartment. That's, you know, kind of yeah. not was as that nice. The, was that and the same he, apartment by the way? I don't know if it's the same one, but it's like a similar type of apartment. I situation. thought it might've been the same that Toby ended up in. And I thought that would have been kind of cool, funny, but I'm not sure. Right. So I really and and I I think if you're going to make another trilogy, you had to have a reboot of sorts because you can't go bigger than Far From Home. It's it's almost like what they did with Bond um, when Daniel Craig kind of started the new sort of Bond era where they had to bring it back down to like basics because it got to a point where it was like, okay, we we can't. Yeah, you already had Iron Spider. How how are we going to top this? How are we going to do bigger? And and we have to take it back down to the basics of Spider-Man. And so I think that was a very wise move for me. I think we'll still see those characters again. But I agree. You know. I, I really like that. Like I said, and, and I even the stuff that I mentioned about the MJ and Ned, I, I, I think that that was a good ending for this story. I just mm-hmm. hope it's not the, the, mm-hmm. the ending for them. I yes, I agree. Agreed. So, uh, I'm, I'm really trying to not say stuff about Sony right now, so let's talk about some end, end credit stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I mean, so we get, we see the Venom character, um, Eddie Eddie Brock, Eddie Brock, and um, he obviously was not a part of this particular um, Tom Holland universe. Um, Well, he 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 was was in the universe. Uh, That takes place in Tom Holland's universe, um, because I guess yeah, but only because of... of the events of this film, though, right? Because he got pulled into this universe from the from the spell going wrong, just like yeah, just probably. Like but but was, this yeah. was a, that was actually, uh, and I actually haven't seen the second Venom yet, but that was actually teased in the end of uh, right. the second Venom, uh, where he was right. 
in a different universe. So yeah, but I was kind of expecting it. It kind of happened in, in a little bit of a way that I thought it was going to happen, but not really. Um, you know, I was I, I said on here before I was expecting the the Sony and the Marvel versus to kind of almost switch places, and kind of they do. You know, but not really the way that I thought. Uh, you know, with Venom leaving a, a bit of the uh, of this uh, symbiote, symbiote, yeah, behind, mm -hmm. uh, which I thought was a, a really smart way to kind of handle that. You know, that's a, a good way to bring Venom into this particular universe. I think that Andrew Garfield is going to come back and is going to do the Sony Spider-Man stuff. Um. I don't know if it's going to be necessarily the Amazing Spider-Man 3, or if he's just going to start appearing in things like um, Morbius and you know Venom stuff. Um, but I think that he's going to actually be Sony's Spider-Man uh, going forward. But wasn't Tom Holland already signed on? Or signed on? For, didn't, didn't they for Marvel. For and... Marvel stuff, yeah. And uh, they say that they're in a good position for that going forward. Uh, um, Kevin Feige last week, I think, said that you know the stuff that happened after Far From Home, fans don't have to worry about that anymore, that things are you know set and set, and they're, they're ready to go. So Tom Holland is going to do that Marvel stuff, and then I think that Sony wants, you know, kind of their own Spider-Man stuff, and this movie kind of opened up that possibility to have those both going at the same time. I I like, while I like the idea, I'm going to disagree. I'm, I'm going to say that I, I don't think we're going to see Andrew Garfield back as Spider-Man again, um, and I think Tom Holland is, is your Spider-Man for, for Sony and MCU. I think they're just going to continue to to work together as they've been doing, but th that's just my opinion. Yeah, but I mean, I, then, you'd, I, then you'd have to bounce them back and forth between universes for each franchise, and I, I don't think that they'll, I don't think that they'll do that. Well, right. but this is why, and this is um, I agree with you, Josh, and this is why I can believe that it could be Tom Holland because of Zendaya playing MJ, and if we want that. I think that's how we're going to get it. And I, you know what I mean? I don't see, I think that's why it would be Tom Holland over Andrew Garfield. However, it's not to not say though, that we won't see any Spider-Man variants either. You know what I mean? Who knows? Maybe we will get, I mean, you know, that's, Andrew that's Garfield. Kinda, that's kind of what you're playing with, with the multiverse stuff or, is, is the variants. Yeah. Or another mentioned variant but not mentioned thank you jamie fox oh i thought you were going to be black and that of course is an as an honor and nod towards uh miles Smiles, uh, yeah. oh <laughs> my god he's gonna take up the 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 mantle um which i think in his own right he is because he is out there in the spider verse um and that's awesome because again i was like oh i'm so glad that they mentioned well, they didn't mention, I'm glad that they mentioned him, you know what I mean, in an unmentionable way, um, you know, through that little moment with Jamie Foxx. And uh, I guess we'll see. You know what I mean? It's it, it's exciting, again, because when I read that comic book and I see all of them, you're like, oh, you know, anything's possible. And then hopefully they'll just, Sony and Marvel will just continue to work together. And maybe in the sake for the name of the fans, because I mean, not for money, okay? Because they mount money, but but for the sake of the fans, because I think the fans want or would want them to work together. 
Yeah, and and that's what Kevin Feige said. I mean, they they are they're set. They're ready to go. I just don't see Sony letting go of their Tom Holland Spider Man. Um, and and they I'm, and they won't. I mean, he'll still be in right. the Marvel stuff. Uh, they'll just have both. So you're saying they're going to try to have like an Andrew Garfield Spider Man to go up against their Tom Hardy Venom? Yeah. Like okay. a like variant, possibly. Yeah, the Sony, we'll the Sony we'll specific see. movies. You know, the Morbiuses and the Venoms of the. And, you, mm-hmm. I, I know that they've been itching to do Sinister Six. Um, mm-hmm. that type of stuff. I think it'll be Andrew Garfield's yeah. to play with, and then Tom Holland. It's certainly possible. Tom Holland. I stays, think it would be a, the Avengers stuff, and you know, does that type of thing. I think it would be a little confusing for some of the fans that aren't as invested mm, as, as we are, but um, <laughs> maybe but yeah, it's certainly possible. But I mean, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't think it would be terribly confusing. Uh, you know, it, at least to the people, and I mean. So many people follow this. I mean, it might be confusing to the to the casual moviegoer that you know sees. You know, there's another Spider-Man movie coming out. But I mean, most of the people that go to these types of movies, I think, are are following that pretty deep anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We will see what happens. I'm curious to see if your prediction comes true. Hey, Doc, we better back up. We don't have enough roads to get up to 88. Roads? Well, we're going. We don't need roads. Thank you for tuning in to episode 110. <laughs> From a certain point of view, I think I got that right. Uh, yep, if you haven't, that's how many. <laughs> great. <laughs> if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, uh, remember to do so. Um, if you're on an app like Apple Podcasts, it lets you leave a review. Uh, we would appreciate that as well. The more reviews we get, the more, more and more people will find out about the show. Uh, we are continuing our watch parties in Discord. We're probably going to be having to switch over to uh, Book of Boba Fett now, since that's going to be out, you know, soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So that'll be coming up. Uh, check out the website, facpovpodcast.wordpress.com. There you'll find things like the link to that Discord server. Uh, you'll also find some blog articles that we've written in the past, and then it also has links to all of the show notes and uh, links to where else you can find us on the internet, uh, which would be places like Instagram and Twitter. Both of those are at certain POV Pod. Our Facebook page is from a certain point of view. Our email address is certainpovpod at gmail.com. And if you uh, want to send us a voicemail, let us know what you thought about No Way Home, about Hawkeye. You know about any of the things that we mentioned today uh just call us up 724-901-1783 uh once again that's 724-901-1783 we'd love to play those voicemails on the show remember we are part of the red five network it's an ever-growing ever-expanding collection of a bunch of great shows covering everything from you know, Star Wars or Marvel stuff like we did this week to tabletop games to you know, video gaming anything you can think of Red 5 Network is a great place to look to find it you can find me on the internet uh, at the gauze 85 on Twitter and Instagram uh, let's go with Nicole first uh, where can they find you and then we'll go over to Josh I'm in my own multiverse at this point. Okay. You can find me on Twitter at Peace Love Star Wars. Of course, I'm also part of the Red Five Network at Rogue One Radio. Um, find me also on Facebook, go through uh, Peace Love Disney, as well as on Instagram at Peace Love Fandoms, where again I plan to explore other 
fandoms beyond, well, my love for Marvel and Star Wars. And thank you guys again for letting me hang out. I love hanging out with yeah, you guys. Awesome. Uh, thank you for joining us again. We really appreciate yes, it. Yes, thank you. So, Josh, appreciate how about it. you? Where can they find you on the internet? As always, you can find me on Twitter at JediJarJar1722. And uh, be sure to check out our YouTube channel from a certain point of view. Uh, we do drop videos every now and again, um, front ranging from news of the week or breaking news, reviews, trailer reactions, all those types of things. Um, and once again, we just thank you for joining us. And we thank Nicole for being with us. And everything we said today was true. From a certain point of view. <laughs> <laughs>